If uh, if you guys didn't notice, that was the acapella version of our intro, and Phoebe is crying in the corner because she can't do acapella for shit. But Absolutely not. <laughs> love, sex, and situationships is rivaling Pitch Perfect now. I think it's just my rivaling Pitch Perfect. Um, you uh, can stick to that acapella. And Francesca. Group. So and yeah, Francesca. if you didn't notice Sorry. from the beautiful harmonies we just displayed, uh, we have a guest on this show. Introduce yourself, guest. <laughs> Hi, I'm the guest. Um, I'm Francesca. Uh, I'm 25. I'm from San Francisco, California, and uh, my pronouns are she, her. Hi, Francesca. Welcome to Love, Sex and Situationships. Thank, Thank you. you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. So the first thing I want to kind of say today is that we have a bit of a disclaimer, which is Maya and I are predominantly do date men. Maya's also dated women, but most of our anecdotal stories are fairly heteronormative. We're, by including guests, we're hoping to have some more kind of more varied perspectives, kind of those in more queer, polyamorous, or just different kind of relationships, and hopefully diversify it a little bit. Yeah, so we're very excited to be doing that. Um, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about being single. So being single has a lot of societal expectations on like the single woman in general. Yeah, so obviously we're going to be talking predominantly about the single woman because I don't think any of us can talk about the male perspective. No, can we? no, no. But <laughs> you know, when when we talk about single men, it always reminds me of uh, this dating show. Um, <gasps> Take me out. Yes, where it's like single man reveal <laughs> yourself. <laughs> I was literally about to quote that to be like single man reveal yourself. That is my abs. Oh, that's my favorite dating show. It's so. Do, do you know cringe. it? I, I feel like how, how British are all your references? Because I find that <laughs> I can never. I really can't relate to any single one, and I've listened to your podcast. This is so, so funny. How many British references do oh we call it? I don't know. Okay, so for context to our listeners, you're probably not even all British. Uh, yeah. I doubt a majority are. No, no, this is such a closed sphere. But um, <laughs> Take Me Out is this show where there's like 20 women and they all have a light and there's a whole catchphrase called no likey no lighty well this was a terrible explanation <laughs> there's 20 women and they stand at these podiums in front of a button with a light and then a man comes down in a little elevator like oh, a glass God. elevator and then the host is like single man reveal yourself and then he comes out and then the women immediately can turn off their light which means they're not interested yeah and, and then there's like three rounds so they have like the first round is like them showing off like a skill. It's always incredibly cringe. Someone did air guitar once and I will never forget that episode. <laughs> um, and then they've got like a short video about what their friends and families say about them. And like, I don't know what they tell their friends and families, but they're always so fucking mean about that. Yeah, the person. it's horrible. So like the first one they'll talk about themselves. They'll be like, I'm Derek and I love chess. And then 10 <laughs> women will turn their lights off or something. And then the host will go around and be like, why do you turn your light off? And then and she's just like, I can't date a chess player, you know, or whatever his yeah. personality is. And like, so some, are some women like, oh, why do you keep your light on? And they give some of the like most sexual responses. Yeah, they're like, I don't I want to tear his clothes off. No, I was going to make a chess sex reference. I was going to say. Is there can, a chess sex? He can put his castle in. You can move his knight, knight. in my direction any day. He can you know, take my queen with his knight. 
Yeah, I don't really... think I know enough about chess to make any sex puns, but um... uh, <laughs> we definitely don't. If you couldn't guess, it's absolutely horrific. But attempt. essentially, yeah, we won't be talking about the um, the experiences of the single man as our only point of reference. Is take me out. <laughs> Right, so going straight in with the societal expectations of the single woman. So there's kind of the idea that you have to always be looking for someone. Yeah, you have to always be open mm. to it. Like whenever you go to an event, you just kind of have to kind of be like, oh, like people will be like, oh, you're single. This other guy, he's single too. And I'm actually guilty of doing this with my friends as well. If I know that they're single. You're terrible at this. I'm awful and the thing is that it always goes horribly horribly wrong mm. i can't think of a single setup that i have done accidentally or intentionally that's gone successfully so if that's how many times have you been set up no no not me it's me doing oh you're setting up for your friends oh yeah i yeah, know so if that's not a lesson to us all then i don't know what it is just stop trying to set up your single friends <laughs> unless they explicitly ask you like i accidentally set up two of my friends with two of my other friends after a club night but in the same mm. friend group or yes oh, well no there were no. two two friend groups i emerged and they and two of them went on their f- okay, dates with other guys fine. from the other friend group and it, it did not end well for any party no but then also that being said i recently was asked by a good friend of mine to uh set her up on a date she gave me um access to her bumble and then i chose her a blind date and it just went horribly horribly wrong because apparently he was really arrogant and had a receding hairline didn't look like his photos at all. He had a receding hairline. <gasps> yeah. Which is worse, worse, receding part. hairline or arrogance? Receding okay. hairline. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think before you answer. Just answer. <laughs> the thing is, receding hairline, that's a preference thing. And previously this friend has said to me she doesn't mind receding hairline. Oh my God, but is I she okay? This must is have been one okay? of those cases where it was so receding. It, it is a huge insecurity for men though. I mean, every guy I yeah. know goes, they like flip up their hair and they go, look, look, it's receding, look. And, and I go, so much of the time it's not even receding. So I think this, I think it's also an age thing. Okay, let's not go into the premature boldness. We could get, we could get sucked deep into that. I have a lot to say about that. Actually. About premature boldness. <laughs> Would you date a guy who like had only half his head? Of hair, not half. Of hair. <laughs> Is he alive? What do you mean, like a like a long on like like a, like a literally side like mullet? here? Like oh, actually, my friend from a receding. Um, like from a major receding hairline. Oh no, he did it on purpose. Yeah, and if he it's shaved by choice, this is the age-old question: bold by choice or just bold? I say just shave it off. I mean, if uh, unless you can really, if it's really what you want, you can rock it. Do you know what? Shave off, yeah. get some funky head tattoos, and then yeah, I think exactly, can make it because cool. then it's sexy and then it's an aesthetic. But if you're just bold and then giving and you're trying up, trying to pretend like it's not like yeah, the literally. George Costanza look. What reference Who's is this? I'm sorry, you know, take me out, but not Seinfeld. What? <laughs> <laughs> this, if anything, this episode wow. is about a clash um, of cultures. I hope that there are listeners who are as flabbergasted as I am. Uh, you have to show, show from the after. late 80s, early 90s, set in New York. It's like the rival of Friends, but they're totally different and not comparable at all. Okay, and as. That was a great description. I don't think. Wait, Phoebe, you don't Seinfeld. like Friends either, do you? You don't like Friends. I, I, I've grown up being told I look like Phoebe from Friends. You don't. I don't. I'm tall. And, I was tall and blonde. That was the entire reason. No, you don't look like Phoebe. That's from also Friends not a reason to not watch Friends. Or- <laughs> I watched it, disliked it yeah, because I everyone told me I was like, like her, and I was like, uh, I'm not this stupid. But how old were you when you first watched it? <laughs> Maybe ten, eleven. Okay. Because mm. okay. yeah, I started quite young as well, but I I loved it. I loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh well, yeah. I Sarah not usually about exclusive. how that's really feminist. Yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar was honestly my like icon yeah. for like years. Alison Hannigan was mine. 
I was in love with Spike. Absolutely oh, yeah, sure. in love with Spike. I and everyone so else. No, no. Okay, everyone was in love with Angel because he was like classic tall dark. No, handsome. no, he's basic. Angel's he's so basic. basic. Spike had literally like this is how I'm I was into emo guys because <laughs> he, he's like the OG. But he's also a dork. Like he's a total there's like the musical episode where he's singing about how much he loves Buffy and then Oh yeah. He's like Oh, he's like, please like me, please like me. Sorry, it's is Buffy funny. a musical? No, it's one <laughs> musical episode. Oh. I don't know which is worse, Buffy or not knowing Seinfeld. I mean, this is just... Yeah, I feel like yeah, not knowing no. Buffy's worse somehow. Maybe let's try and avoid any cultural references this let's whole episode. Let's just not talk about... Right, so the second societal expectation of the single woman, does anything jump out to you two? Because one does to me. Wait, are talking about family? No, 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 no. Societal expectations of the single woman. Um, I guess that you're... Um, you're dating. Yeah, but well, we kind of talked about. Yeah, that. well, for me, it's also to be perfectly groomed at all times. Oh wow! Like, does this when one not jump out? Yeah. God. Yes. No. Yes. Everyone always says, "Oh yeah, I don't shave my legs because I'm in a relationship now." Yeah. I, this and I one. Go, well, I'm not in a relationship. It depends what kind of single you're in, but if you're in the single and dating thing, it's like to constantly be. Yeah. Be ready. Like, if you're going to go out on, the on like, the hunt, right, you're supposed to, like, like prepare before. I don't want, like, my whole plan is, like, you keep a messy room, et cetera, and then, like, you know, you can't bring a guy over. It's so bad. Unless you're dumb and, like, me. But that's if you're not looking. If you are, like, the stereotypical single of being single looking, then you're also single and prepared. The amount of times I've had friends, and also myself, Having been like, oh, I'm going on a date. Have you done the just in case shave? You know. Although See, I know that would that be smarter than my. I once did a very very shitty job in a shower. Like <laughs> <laughs> while I made the guy chill in my bedroom. You said, hold on one second. I've done that before. It's so bad. But yeah. I, I'm curious about this. I mean, we could get into a whole tangent, but mm-hmm. I a couple a Let's. year ago I I decided <laughs> to stop shaving completely, and that way I'm always ready. That's fair. I, I like resilience. I have to be honest. I don't like shaving. Shaving terrifies me. I don't know how people do it. Like how people get those angles. Flexibility. It's beyond me. It's practice, I guess. Confidence. Impressiveness. Too. Maneuvering skills. I just, I good do razor. not understand how you'll do it. Yeah, but also. You don't, sh- what do you, do you shave, do you wax? Oh, you wax. Okay. And she gets waxed. Okay. What? Like, because some people wax themselves. Oh, yeah, no, I, I go to someone. I'm absolutely not qualified enough to do that and myself. also the pain. Yeah, also, I cannot imagine, like, trying to do it by yourself because I know that I'd pussy out with the wax on me and I'd be like, fuck, it's stuck just, now. I guess this is my life now, <laughs> me and my wax strip. <laughs> yeah. No, I but I think, so, Francesca, why did you decide to stop shaving? Um, I, okay, for, first of all, during the pandemic, I just stopped pretty mm. much. Um, and then I was with this, I was seeing this guy during the pandemic who, in kind of an anti-feminist way, almost like encouraged me not to shave. I think it was his Ooh. way of sort of Bizarre. being like, I'm a feminist. I like when you're hairy. Oh. I don't have to act feminist in any other way because I'm dating someone, you know, <laughs> who doesn't shave. Um, but after that, I, I, I realized that, you know, he was very attracted to me anyway. Um, I feel like guys care a lot less than we think they do. Oh, totally. At the totally. end of the day, I mean, if they care, it's because there's some kind of like um, idea of what is sexy that yeah, comes from what femininity some, is. Like, um, you know, porn or from the media or that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Do you know what, though? I don't like it when a guy shaves completely. A bald oh, no. penis is absolutely oh, it's disgusting. Terrifying. 
Thank you. Yes. And it apparently, no, apparently it looks bigger when they've shaved. I think this is what I've had a couple of guys, (laughs) the confidence. (laughs) I've had a couple of guys tell me this, like, oh, I shave because it makes it look bigger. But just trim it, you know, I mean, I I think it's nice to have like, I mean, like I trim, I trim, you know what I mean? I don't want someone to like choke. (laughs) because <laughs> that's happened Welcome to me to i choked on this you know once in high school I'd, yeah what um you choked on pubes i choked on a pube oh my god yeah how how did that go um i pretended i wasn't choking <laughs> and i continued uh you but know, it could I have was, been kind of disguised as flattering if this was well, uh, a was male I, maybe he thought that if i was, this was a female for some other reason not this was a man yeah uh, yeah oh, no. i don't know Oh, how awful. Yeah. I do I do think, just on the topic of hair, I think in our generation anyway, it's a lot less of a thing, you know, mm. to groom. Like, yeah. in, in like in the same yeah, way as it was in the 90s or whatever. You know, and I figure if you do, it's, okay, get out of my bed. That's it. Yeah. Right? That is a good attitude to have. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I've ever had a guy say anything. I, no, no. And even actually when I've been hairier, like just my leg hair or whatever, because yeah, like I mean, Asian men don't really have a lot of leg hair, so <laughs> so when, hairier than your partner. Yeah, when I've been hairier than my partner, it's also not been an issue. I think it's been an issue perhaps with one partner. I'm so confused. It's kind of nice actually. It's yeah. like a add some 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 friction some maybe texture. Some texture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I Wait, think his legs like totally smooth. No, it's just it's just like thin hair. My, it's my, very very my fine hair. Too. If you, Phoebe, if you want to feel the guy's <laughs> legs, you may. <laughs> no, but this is oh, I don't know. I'm just some people are hairier than others. But anyway, yeah. So the grooming expectation—that's if the grooming expectation—and yeah. if you are a woman who is grooming, only do it for yourself. Don't do it because you think it's going to pull someone in. No, because people don't care. They really, really don't. Unless I've had so many guys tell me that they don't care. Yeah, unless they're a total twat. Yeah, twat. All right, so also the expectations of one's family. Because this varies to society, to your friends' expectations, to your own even. So I suppose everyone has quite different family expectations here. I had a funny run-in, actually, with Mm -hmm. um, my mom recently. Because she's always been quite um, encouraging of my single life. I guess she kind of wanted me to always have sort of like options to meet me, 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 me people. My dad's always been very supportive of whatever my choices are. Um, oh, good. But my mom recently, so I turned 25 February 1st and then on February 20th or something like that uh, my mom goes oh man Francesca you know you're almost 26 I'd really like to see you settled. <laughs> and I went so I just turned 25 and and now you're almost 26. And now I'm almost 26. <laughs> And now I'm supposed to be settled down, I guess. What, what constitutes settled? I, don't, I think she just, well, the, what she put it, how she put it was, I want to see you taken care of. Um, it, it's, it sounds differently in Italian. Uh, uh, yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. She and I speak Italian together, but like, it was more just like, and I said, you know, I can take care of myself, right? And she said, eh. <laughs> and I, but it's just this weird thing of, I have for the last Yeah, and this is also, have many you seen, years. Uh, have you seen that? Share a clip. Oh yeah, where yeah, That's where great. she's she's like um, saying like, my mom told me to settle down and marry a rich man, and I said, mom, I am a rich man, <laughs> and that is the energy that one hopes to embody, just in being single. And it's weird to me. I mean, I think my mom considers herself a feminist and like, and considers herself an independent person, but it's this idea of 
just being with someone she feels like she'll be able to let go a little bit and, and feel more comfortable yes. about me being taken care of. I suppose That's also so in our parents' generation, being a feminist is probably was a bit different. Definitely yeah. different. You know, yeah. than now. Because um, actually recently, speaking of single, this is a very recent development. My aunt, the uh, polyamorous uh, anarchist lesbian, um, <laughs> what an who, that's like her self-given title, um, <laughs> who last I touched in was dating five women, um, has now recently decided after a heartbreak, I really hope she doesn't listen to this, this is really outing her uh, dirty laundry, but she's decided to never ever date again. She's decided to be single like for her entire life because she's done with like losing herself to relationships. But single, single or abstinent? I mean, completely like like I non-romantic, like aromantic. I or? think it might be might be open to no. I think it's not open to anything. I think just I, I don't think it's like by choice abstinent. But I think it's the fact that she's put so much time and energy into pursuing romantic connections, and also because that's what she's felt that her parents have expected of her. And how old is know, she? She is uh, 30 now. And oh. she's had so many relationships. Like, I've always known her to be in a relationship. And now she's just decided, nope, I'm going to just do what makes me happy. You I know? love that for her, actually. Yeah, like, with her career, with her travelling and everything. And she's like, I don't need a partner. She might change her mind someday. She or might, not. But that's what my that's family fine. said. Uh, that's what my dad said when she started dating women. My dad was like, this is a phase. Well, you'll change your mind eventually. And then, uh, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. been eight years. It's <laughs> <laughs> a long phase. Yeah, yeah. But um, wow. yeah. So Phoebe, your family. So my my mum hates men. Um, <laughs> I like her already, <laughs> and she absolutely is like, you do not need a man. You know, be your own, be your Good. own rich man. Um, and she sat me down recently, and she was like, Phoebe, I'm really worried about you. You're never single. Um, <laughs> so uh, she was like, I think I think maybe you know, you should maybe not date so much. So I guess I have the opposite of like the normal familial expectations. Mm. I think it's good that she encourages you to, to to pursue different yeah. options other than dating all the time. Well, I was really funny. She was like, "I'm just really worried about you." And, you know, like I just really didn't like your last partner, and I was like, "Well, fair." Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not wrong with that one. Um, better taste than I have, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So she was just kind of like, you know, I'm just. I just want you to be happy. You just don't need a man to be happy. She was like, he's the Good. icing. You're the cake. You can whatever yeah, cake you want to be. That is so important. That's actually something that, well, this is kind of a, a bit of a different, but actually it's not. Because when my parents got divorced, uh, I was 16. My dad uh, was kind of going through this phase of, of learning about himself and, and growing and changing. And he he had this therapist who told him, like, you know, you know, um, you're you've been treating your family, your relationship, your your kid as the roots mm-hmm. of your tree, and everything else is the branches. And you have to realize that you're your own roots, and your oh, family, your relationship, sentiment. your job, everything is the branches. Um, and that's something that I've been learning from him as he kind of has been going through this. Um, God, how nice to have a dad who's doing self growth. He's oh been God, on a imagine? journey, honestly, the past 10 years, like have a you, journey. Have you seen, I've seen a meme and it showed like this very utopian world and it was like the world if all dads went to therapy. Oh, so if, oh Your dad man. is the beginning of that world. Honestly, he is my, the new age. my role model for, for society. Tell him <laughs> honestly. to talk to my dad. And my fees would, would happily include my dad's dad. gathering. <laughs> no, if dads went to therapy, yeah. And and he's 69 and, and he's been That's amazing. Dating, you know, but he's also in this mode of like, I don't need a 
partner and I don't need we've actually been in a very similar phase of life the past five years God, that's which so is funny because yeah. one thinks that you can't grow and like learn about yourself and you know and this kind of thing once you get to a certain age I think this is the stigma that my parents have you know I mean my mom is now doing a counseling course so she's having her own self-growth but my dad is kind of like there is no point in me going to therapy or anything mm. because there is no growth that I can do at I mean, my age there's huh. also like that kind of stigma of therapy no, for, all, for like our parents generation I told my dad I was going I want to go to therapy mm. and he was like how did I fail you? And I was like, that's not. Right, like what's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was like, you know, maybe you should think about therapy. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, why would I do that? <laughs> yeah, what, what do I have to gain from that? But yeah, good no, on your it's dad. It's a generational thing. Yeah. Totally. Well, my family are pretty liberal. You know, like I was always, I've always been very open about my dating life with them. Um, your family is terrifyingly open, Maya. Yeah, it's funny. It's I thought every family was like that, but apparently not. It's, okay, so I'm very close to my mum. I kind of tell her everything, but you take it to a whole new level. <laughs> my mum gets all my awkward sex stories. Oh, wow. Because I was going to say I tell my dad everything, but I don't tell him that. No, no, no but it's it's really... I tell yeah. him my awkward dating stories, for sure. And yeah, Sometimes, yeah. you know. I mean, the, I think the furthest I've gone perhaps with my dad was uh, after a date... Um, I'd had a one night stand and then I was going back the next morning and we were on the phone and dad was like, oh, did you stay over knowing what that implied? And I said, yes. And he was like, why did you do that? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, and as, as a joke, as why a Why did joke, you have sex or why did you not leave? In, like, <laughs> both. <laughs> no, but then as a joke, I was like, free food. And then he like, oh, he had like a total crisis. It's never over free, it. Maya. <laughs> you yeah, had to pay for it somehow. Like, I was like, Maya, what in the world? How have I raised you to be doing that for a free meal? And I was like, I'm joking. And then he's like, oh, thank God. And I was like, but it was a steak and it was 70 euros. But like, no. No, but he... he yeah. Wait, you slept with him? No, not that one, not that okay. one. This steak was actually... um, It was a cheaper steak. I should have slept with a 70 euros steak one. No, you should not have done. No, no, he's... Yeah, <laughs> no, really. Unless he listens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, my family is really, like very chill but also for years and years like at my dutch family gatherings which are massive there's like 40 of us like every single year it's like maya do you have a lover yet which i think mm. for them is like do you have a consistent partner there's this great show that i would recommend to people it's a norwegian show about christmas <laughs> um <laughs> but it's called home Not for christmas and it's um it's this woman who talks about coming home for Christmas and every year her parents say, So are you are you are you married? Are you Wait, is that the one where she finds like a fuck body for the holidays? Yes. yes. <gasps> and I he's a cute Swedish one. boy and he's um I think I actually think you have a completely no, different, different movie. Yeah, but no, it's no, the no, same it's a, it's a show. It's a show, it's two seasons on Netflix. Oh my god, yeah. But I have it's to adorable. Watch and she's I mean, she's awesome. She's just like this great she really goes through this whole like process of like you know, I, I like to date, I like to do this, but I don't need to kind of... Good for her. Yeah, show approval. Yeah, speaking of Christmas, you know how Sinterklaas works? Uh, <laughs> where you have to write the uh, the poem, oh, roasting people, yes. as part of Sinterklaas. On one family Christmas with my Dutch family, I got an anonymous poem from someone that I had to read out loud about how much of a slag I am. <gasps> and it was so funny that they'd like... It was like the first line of it was like, Maya's first year in the Netherlands with five potential husbands. And then it just went on to get absolutely worse and worse. And it was all meant in good humour. Oh but my Dutch family goes in and it's absolutely Did savage. Did you figure out who it was? 
You know, I suspect that it was my little cousin and she was 13 at the time. No. Yeah, but at that oh, same yeah. year, the same year, I think uh, <laughs> one of my cousins, someone made them like um, a, a cardboard fleshlight <gasps> as as the gift. A cardboard fleshlight? Yeah, because it's joke gifts that you give. Okay. So you just so you're not actually uh, supposed to use it. No, no. But like, if you've participated Blunders. in Santa Claus, you just get like sometimes a joke gift that's okay. supposed to be something about your personality. And I think it's because he was known to watch a lot of porn. <gasps> so then it was like, here you go. <laughs> anyway, right. So <laughs> interesting family. Yes, peer pressure. How do <laughs> friend groups interact with the single friend? But, uh... So I, in my friend group, I'm quite lucky. I mean, my friends who are in relationships are quite independent from their partners or also friends with their boyfriends, that kind of thing. So it's um, it's quite comfortable in my, in my current friend group. But at my house, um, I was living with people for six months that had all had boyfriends. Um, mm-hmm. all, we're all in relationships and I was single. Um, and... It's um there was never any like judgment or anything, but it was always kind of like I was the one to say things like, Oh hey, you know, can you let me know when your boyfriend's coming over? Can you um, you know, maybe not have sleepovers every night, this kind of thing. And it was always kind of like, you know, yeah, I would have somebody irritating. over right. And I would have someone over maybe um, you know, once every few weeks or something and it was I don't know, it just felt it just felt like this different dynamic and it always mm. felt kinda of, kinda of like three against one. Yeah, yeah, and I also feel like sometimes friend groups you can have couples outings, and then single girls outings, and we are guilty. We are guilty of couples outings. I was just gonna say, we went to a wine bar a while ago, and literally we just invited our couple friends. It was so bad. Yeah, and it feels like such a dick move. But also, it's so funny at that moment. Literally, nearly all of our friends were all of a sudden in a relationship. Mm. That's actually happening to me. I actually had a conversation with my friend a couple of days ago, um, who. Last year was my probably my go-to person. I would call her all the time, or she was kind of the person I would consider my closest friend. And she fell in love a few months ago, and she she said to me like I'm fall I fell in love. I'll, I'm going to go offline. I'll be offline for a few months. This kind of thing. Um, and I kind of accepted it for a while, but I started to notice that it was happening a lot. People were kind of dropping off the map for mm-hmm. a little while. Um, so I actually ended up calling her and talking to her about it, and she said something like. Well, Francesca, we're getting older, you know, like this, I have a partner now, like this is what happens. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, no, I mean, you're absolutely welcome to have a partner, but include me in his life, include mm-hmm. me in this part of your life. And why is it that we're getting older? So certain things are supposed to happen now. I think that's such a, an yeah, unfair way of looking at things. Do you know, what, actually, I was reading an article the other day about the reason Friends is so good, we just had a whole debate about Friends, I realise this, <laughs> but um, the reason Friends is so good is it's because it's that period in your life when you're not ready to settle down and your family, not your family, your friends are really your family. It's kind of getting you ready for like when you want to start your own family. And that's how you learn about like codependency. But even at the end of Friends, like it's kind of this idea of like, oh, they're all going their separate ways, they're yeah. all moving away, na na na. And I think we've moved past that. I think that was the 90s, you know? I think that was the early 2000s. I think that there's a lot more people who are open to having these phases of their lives and including their friends and including their community and not, like, mm-hmm. changing. That's totally true. My mum with know. one of her friends had, like, 
the the end goal dream of once their husbands had passed away of then just moving in oh, together and then oh that my God, being, yeah you know and I, 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 I have, have that with, with one of my time, best friends as well why not I mean yeah. why it's like let's just grow old together because we actually really enjoy all of each other's company well Me my child have threatened to marry and move in together so many times yeah and I think when this becomes a reality it could actually be really nice and healthy Friendship romance. Whenever I go on a bad date with a man specifically, because that's usually (laughs) what bad dates I go on, um, (laughs) I always say to my friend, I say, can I just fuck these silly boys and date my friends? Like, can I just be in a relationship with my friends mm-hmm. and just, you know, have sex sometimes because it's healthier. nice? Much healthier. You know, and I think with women, it's it's more of that dynamic. I mean, mm-hmm. there, of course, is this, the stigma of, like, the lesbian relationship that becomes very, like, you know, you get the house and you, you know, yeah, you want to, like, a week. shack up together. <laughs> but I think when you're dating around, it's, you can just kind of sleep with your friends. And actually, I, I kind of have that going with someone right now, actually, and it's quite nice. Oh, nice. Is it easy to keep, um, like, feelings out of it? Well, so far. Yeah. Good. <laughs> but we also, I mean, we've only slept together twice, but um, oh, I hope he doesn't listen to this. Um, but we we, we, re- we told each other, we said, I really like you. I like spending time with you. I also think you're kind of cute sometimes. <laughs> so uh-huh. let's just, you know, maybe do this sometimes, but also like see what happens. And we've just been communicating. Just saying Good. how we feel, I, I feel guess. like that's a really important thing starting as friends yeah yeah as well as just that communication thing which also i think often you don't get from um you can but from dating apps or from friends setting up on blind dates or whatever you don't get that basis of communication i have such a love-hate relationship with dating apps yeah i have a hate-hate relationship with do you know what though one thing that like i've really noticed since i moved here Mm -hmm. is that dutch guys in general or like at least guys in amsterdam have a much more liberal approach to cheating Oh yeah! Oh my! They're very God, like totally. I have a partner, I have a relationship. I'm not dating around, but however, I will shag under these circumstances. I will do this, this, and this. It's awful. It's very normal, actually. A lot of my friends are cheating with Dutch guys right now. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's nuts to me. Like, <laughs> yes, but it's I, I, it's not even. I don't even think it's a culture. Do you think it's a cultural I think it's a Dutch thing? Cultural it is a cultural thing. thing because they're encouraged to be in relationships from an early age. I, th- I mean, this is my theory. Yeah. They like have this friendship group. They date within this friendship group. <gasps> Absolutely. You know my my Dutch group. Mm. Everyone's fucking dating each yeah. other. But then they cheat on their partner because you can't be just dating around because that's you know slutty or so you know like cheat. <laughs> non-committal or whatever. But well, yeah, because I find I find so like common. polyamory here is like the most that I've ever encountered it within a society like i've i like think I part of that's to counter so the cheating many. honestly but then i think that's better because then it's still communicative it's no, I agree. open by choice you know oh, yeah, but definitely this, better if you are a, a dutch man entity. listening to this enough <laughs> stop cheating stop. Get your shit together. just have an exactly. open relationship if you want to shag around so speaking of relationships and then speaking of single we defined three different types of being single and there's there's maybe more nuance to it than that but for us, the first one was single and ready to mingle, which we've kind of been into already. So where you can actually be actively looking doesn't necessarily mean having a lot of hookups, but that can definitely be a part of it. I think when I'm single and ready to mingle, that for me does mean hookups. You are ready to mingle. I'm absolutely ready to mingle. There is my favourite ever story of Myra and I is us going to a cabin in like down south oh of God. Amsterdam. <laughs> Uh, in Vinkervein. Such a crusty night. Oh, it was the worst <laughs> night. And it was a friend of mine, their high school group of friends. Who were totally like a frat 
basic yeah, thing. Yeah, they were all part of frats. They were, yeah. I like, this was like the most Dutch group you've ever and come across. And we'd been doing all these horrible drinking games, getting absolutely shit We were wasted. Maya passed out before midnight. I'm famous for doing this when I drink too much. Like, I'm just out like a light. So Maya passed out. My friend Yuli... <laughs> puked <Jill>. down the... <laughs> My friend Jill puked down the staircase. So we were sleeping in this attic and in the oh, middle yeah, was a staircase. Everyone, everyone was, was in sleeping this attic. in the attic. And literally I wake up because Jill trips over my leg <laughs> in the middle of the night, throws up down the middle of this trap door. And then... In the oh mid- this is the exact same time that I'm currently shagging in a little corner of this Some attic. guy who looked... Genuinely, he looked <laughs> evil. He had the most scary, scary look. It was like really... Ugh. Anyway, Phoebe was shagging him and then at <laughs> six in the morning she wakes us up and she's like, we have to go. So Because also, Jill had thrown up down this trap door. So we were like... And I was the only innocent one out of the group because Phoebe had this really awkward... He'd asked my thing. number in the morning and I was like, yeah, I'll give it to you later and then just left. Yeah, so we were literally <laughs> like just leaving this campsite super, super early. I think, was the coffee place open? Yeah, the coffee place had just opened. It had just opened. We looked like shit. shit. <laughs> and it was all these families having this fucking like breakfast and coffees. Yeah, and then and we, we just fled. Was, the Dutch families. I, I always feel that the, because I live, I live in Oudzoud. So I always feel this kind of like, um, you know, if I'm like doing the walk of shame, which we'll call the walk of empowerment for. Yes, the walk, for of, the walk empowerment. of empowerment. I'll be doing that um, walking home and it's, you know, all these Dutch families kind of having their breakfast or whatever. And I always kind of get this little up down. Oh, however, if you do it like Carrie from Sex and the City, mm. have you seen, have you seen yeah. that episode where she just does the oversized shirt and then she wears it with like a, a designer belt? Iconic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she my, the my shirt. last, yeah. uh, my last walk of empowerment I was in like these two big skater shorts that belonged to the guy because I'd like spilt an avocado something all over my skirt that I was wearing, and I looked yeah, my I, yeah my fa- my worst one by far it wasn't a walk empowerment Uber of empowerment, and it's when I I slept with someone and they gave me more hickeys on my neck than I have ever seen, and I hadn't checked in the mirror. Not only. Did I get his Uber without checking his mirror? I walked into his kitchen and saw about 10 of his flatmates. Um, they all looked at me. They were like, oh, good night then. And I was like, uh, yeah, sure, whatever. And like, you know, left, got on my Uber. And the Uber's driver looking at me kind of laughing. It's like, so, uh, yeah, I've been up too much. And I was like, oh, it was also at 6.30 in the morning. Um, and I was like, no, not much. And he was like, okay, sure, sure you haven't. Yeah, where to then? <laughs> I walk in my house and like, I literally just get in and I hear a banging on my door. I'm like, for fuck's sake, who is this? And I fling my door over, I'm like, what? The guy standing outside my door looks at my neck and goes, oh, you're busy. Closes the door and leaves. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why is everyone giving me these weird looks? And I look in the mirror and it's just. And you felt empowered. <laughs> I absolutely did not feel empowered. I wore scarves and turtlenecks for the next week. There's a spoon method. Apparently, you're supposed to uh, get a cold spoon yeah mm. or a two pence coin or something oh actually two cents i guess yeah, five cents two anyway pence. how long have you lived here <laughs> not long <laughs> enough apparently not long enough to be dutch enough <laughs> even though i am but um okay so the next type of being single and this one i think a lot of people kind of get into post breakup this phase of really working on yourself so like i think there's a flip side of this one though yeah but for on the positive side it's when you're really, really into self-care. You're into kind of self-growth. Well, learning kind of like about your yourself. aunt, right? Who was saying, you know, oh, yeah. well, yeah. I'm Although I'm I wonder just if focus that's on myself. I mean, 
I wonder if that's like focusing. Yeah, yeah. Or if it's Working kind of now a resentment of my life. <laughs> exactly, because I think that's the I mean, miserable bit about... No, but actually that's miserable because of my stigma towards... Right, and that's why, you, you know, know, why can't you do that when you're also dating someone? But that's... Exactly, yeah. but yeah, but I have uh, one really good friend and she's just broken up with a partner after a couple of years together. And um, she's really, really doing well now. Like, she's really, oh. really taking it as an opportunity to learn about herself, to spend a lot of time with her friends, being social, doing a lot of research into, you know, maybe toxic habits that she developed uh, within the relationship, knowing what she wants mm. next relationship. So this whole thing of like embodying that if you can't be happy with yourself, how can you be happy with someone else? I think as a flip side of a breakup though, I feel like either you go work on yourself or you go absolute downward smile spiral like chain smoke cigarettes kind of vibe me but <laughs> yeah i was thinking but the f- i definitely didn't work on myself straight off my breakup no and i also think the flip side of this in general is that it's kind of in a way can be a bit toxic positivity where it's like if you're single if you're not single and ready to mingle then you should be working on yourself yeah you know, i feel like that's the attitude that a lot of people can have is that you have to be you know having some sort of self-improvement streak going or otherwise what's the point in what you're doing have you there's this thing in london it's called thursday dating and it's when uh they hire out a bar and just if you're single you turn up and you register beforehand and they have these i've heard of this yeah they have these speeches beforehand apparently about like you know loving yourself and i just thought that was the funniest Mm. thing going to a singles event and being told to like love yourself yeah but i think there's something to that i mean i think i was speaking to my friend about this and if you're listening i'm I'm sorry um to her but um she's in her 30s 32 something like that and and she was recently saying that she feels like every time she goes on a date she gives off this air of like um neediness of just like really like you know what are you looking for you know how soon can we um you know get married i mean that kind of thing you know <laughs> like and, and i think she she realized that this expectations that she's having is actually turning her into somebody that isn't like attractive to these people yeah. she's dating and I, I think if if she and we talked about this idea of like if you go into something with no expectations if you go in with just this idea of maybe you can add something to my life but um but this is a two-way street okay. yeah totally. and this is you know i'm not there like trying to you know get something from you or or prove to you that i'm worth yeah, I think time. that's a really interesting point. The fact that I think some people, maybe even me before, has like have gone into dating thinking, what can I get from someone? What am I looking for for myself to extract from? Oh, well, with person? Maya, we know it's free food specifically. <laughs> 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 steak. Yeah, but this friend, you what know, delicious she's... meal can I get from this person? Well, this friend, she's in her thirties, and and she has this idea that you know she needs to get married soon. But then I have another friend who's the opposite. She's in her thirties, thirty three, and she's not looking for someone, and she just met someone who is, like, the first person she's felt, like, really connected to. I think that's a healthy space, then, to start seeing someone. I think it's the opposite of, like, kind of, you know, if you're not if you're not putting it out there, it's going to kind of yeah, come to yeah. you. Yeah, because my friend has recently, she uh, was set up on another blind date by her flatmate, not by me, and this one was maybe even more of a train wreck than the one that I set her up on. That's quite impressive. The, yeah, right? I'm actually, I feel quite proud that <laughs> I wasn't the worst one. But the guy... Well, I don't think that's the thing to be proud of at this point. (laughs) (laughs) But the guy was basically, he made it really clear from the off, he is looking for a girlfriend. And she said that that Mm. was the most off-putting thing about him, that he was just like, you know, not interested in her and was asking the necessary questions, not because he actually cared about the response, but more just he was ticking the boxes to find his girlfriend. 
you know, yeah, whoever that may be. It's that sounds like really... Bridgerton almost, you know. <laughs> yeah. Bridgerton. Exactly. The new oh, season God, where, whole... is it Anthony, has literally got a checklist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. like, who's my wife going to be? She needs to be this, this and this. And It's horrible. And yeah. he hasn't got really any great qualities we, himself. We, we act like it's this, you know, old-fashioned idea, but we, we all, not we, but society, you know, has yeah, this I idea. Mean, I used to, to have a list in my notes of qualities in my ideal partner. Mine includes being taller than me. Mine includes being a good dancer or at least enjoying dancing. That's so... Some really specific <laughs> things. Specific. I love that one, though. Yeah. I think at this point I'll just settle for someone, you know, not horrible. I mean, it's just yeah. been... I'm in, I'm in my current... I'm in a dating phase right now. I'm going on a lot of dates. Um, and I, I think I went on a date recently that was, like, the first date that wasn't bad in, like, a year. Tell and us I was like, after. oh, my God. <laughs> Is he the one? <laughs> yeah, honestly. But, yeah, I, I think, think I scared him off, actually, because I said that I'm very non-committal and I like to try travel a lot and he, oh s- he, s- he was all you know Amsterdam is my life and I want to stay here forever. Was he Dutch? He was Dutch yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Amsterdam are born and bred. They like it here. Yeah. They do indeed. Right so as we round off simply single this was the last category that we defined and this one I think is maybe the least talked about maybe because people think that it can't possibly exist but it, it does. It's your aunt. It's my aunt. I'm not going to mention her by name, but (laughs) aunt, this is you, (laughs) where you're not looking, you're not working on yourself necessarily, because sometimes that feels like it's to prepare for your next relationship. Um, And Mm. you're not maybe even having time to date. You know, you're prioritising, enjoying your career, uh, enjoying your socialising, your hobbies, maybe your education. I think, you know, early 20s, this one is so important because a lot of time you are finishing education, starting Mm -hmm. your career... And you're probably not, okay, if you're from Amsterdam or you went to university here, you probably aren't staying in the city. You're probably moving somewhere yeah, else, totally. moving to another country and starting your career. And like the hours you put in at the beginning of your career are insane for a lot of industries. And like, I know a lot of my friends back in London who've just started grad schemes. Oh my God, they like yeah, have two hours have of sleep. Today. <laughs> like, yeah. one of them is like dating. And I'm like, I don't yeah. even know how you but manage it. But also, it. it doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't mean no. you're not prioritizing what you should be prioritizing. You know, it's up to you what your priorities are. So I think the uh, overall message <laughs> of this program today is that if you are single, that's totally fine. Yeah, I mean, it is the, I think it is the version of single that gets the most sort of um, flack or judgment. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, when I first moved here, I was. Not, not, I didn't go on a sex hiatus or anything, but I was just like not interested at all. And I would meet these people yeah. that I, I thought I would like, but I, I just had no interest. And actually, the funny thing is, it wasn't until I got off of hormonal birth control that suddenly I was like, Do you know oh, what? Hormonal birth, birth control fucked me over. And that can be a whole nother episode. That's a whole other episode uh, because that is, I suddenly was, that. you know, ready oh, to mingle cool. again. Yeah, I've um, so much Male to say birth about control birth just control. got approved. Woohoo! <laughs> When so are we going to get to a place where we can trust bad. men to take it, though? Because I'm just not at that place oh, yet. Oh, no, no, I absolutely would not trust them. I do not trust them with shit. <laughs> and on that <laughs> note, <laughs> this was really lovely having you on today, Francesca. It was yeah. really, uh, yeah. Thank you for nice having me. Nice to have me. a guest on. Thank you so much. Oh, hey, uh, we'll look out for the next episode as well. We'll be back next month. Probably talking about hormonal birth control. <laughs> <laughs>